0: thank you for joining us as we walk with god this is brenda mccord walt and i are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the awakening in america and outreach of the himmelreich memorial christian library hey friends we are back with another episode of walk with god Walt and I have been reading through the book of Genesis together and once again, the story of Joseph. His life's journey has grabbed our hearts. We've, we've taken our walks. We, we walk each day at the end of the day together and just many times we, we reflect on parts of this man's story. This man, certainly not perfect, Uh, but he faced some very difficult trials in his life. And yet scripture records that the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. And we see that especially in Genesis 39, verse 23, but it's related in other verses in Genesis about Joseph's life. No matter where we find ourselves today, there's encouragement strength and courage to be found in the life journey of Joseph. Well, we know he was sold into slavery by his 10 older brothers. He was a slave in the house of Potiphar down in Egypt, falsely accused, thrown into prison. He's 13 years of this young man's life. And at age 30, Joseph is brought before Pharaoh and asked to interpret two troubling dreams for pharaoh joseph listens to pharaoh and god reveals to joseph the correct interpretation you know as i reflected while on this particular scene in pharaoh's court i couldn't help but think of the golden buzzer you know on the talent you know who's everybody's got talent or america america yes (laughs) those talent shows right
1: yeah, and, and it, it, I love that moment when the, when they push the button and uh, somebody has come out and done a great job and, and one of the judges leans forward and they, they hit the button. Um, actually I saw one where the, the judge stood up on the table and, To put his foot on the button. But then the streamers and the music and the loud applause and usually tears. um, It's a great scene. A
0: lot of tears. And I mean, you can just imagine uh, Joseph is standing there and he interprets the dream for Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh says, Well, you're the person we're going to put in that position. In fact, you are second in command only to me in Egypt. And he assigns him that very important task of now preparing during the seven years of plenty for the seven years of famine. And Joseph has stored up this grain more than can be counted. And then the famine begins. And those 10 brothers arrive in the land. They're from the land of Canaan. They arrive down in Egypt. They need grain for their family. Joseph recognized them. We saw that last week in our podcast, and he accused them of being spies. And in fact, he put them in custody for three days, and then he had Simeon, the one brother, bound, and he kept him in Egypt and sent nine brothers back home. And he said, when you return, bring back the younger brother and prove to me that you are not spies. And then on um, I love this as we were talking last week. Genesis forty two eighteen says, On the third day, Joseph said to them as he brought them out of custody, If you do this, you will live, for I fear God. And there is another snippet of how Joseph lived his life, but he want, he made that statement. And when the brothers return home, they report all that's happened in Egypt to their father, Jacob, Their father, Jacob, is adamant, My son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm should happen to him on the journey that you are to make, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to Sheol. And then as we see that closing in Genesis 42 It's now time we come into Genesis chapter 43. Time has passed. The grain from Egypt that these brothers had brought back is gone. And you know what? The family is starting to get hungry again. Jacob acquiesces. He says to his older sons, take your brother and go back to the man. And in verse 14 of Genesis 43, may God Almighty, that's El Shaddai, give you mercy as you go before the man so that he will release Simeon and let Benjamin return. But if I must lose my children, so be it. Jacob uses a powerful name for God here in this statement. He refers to him as God Almighty. And you know, El Shaddai is our sustainer. He is our all-sufficient one who can meet all our needs. We can then fall back in his arms knowing God Almighty, he will provide. And that's
1: going to become a a, a reoccurring theme in these final chapters that, that tell us about Joseph's life. Because Jacob realizes he may lose another son, um, a third son, Benjamin. He's already thinks Joseph is dead. Simeon's there. If Benjamin stays there, um, it, it, that would mean the loss of both of Rachel's two sons. Um, and Jacob cries out for God's mercy. God Almighty, Al Shaddai, as his sons go before this powerful ruler in Egypt. Well, as we continue in chapter 43, um, they, end up packing gifts and double the money, because remember, the money had come back with them, and headed off with Benjamin. And they arrive in Egypt, and they present themselves to Joseph. And um, Joseph, when he saw Benjamin with them, he said to the manager of the household, these men will eat with me this noon, take them inside, and go slaughter an animal, prepare a big feast. And so they're going to have a, a big feast. And the brothers had to be terrified when they saw that they would be taken into his house, and 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 it's because of the money someone put in our sacks the last time we were here. He plans to pretend we stole it, then he will seize us and make us slaves. What the brothers had done to Joseph mm-hmm. 20 years earlier, I mean, he, they'll make us slaves and take our donkeys and and this is is just um that reaction is fear and guilt i mean they're yeah. both afraid and they and they're guilty they know that they did wrong by their brother and and then joseph asks how's your father they replied our father who is your servant is alive and well and they bowed low again, and and uh, repeatedly in the story we see the text say they bowed low. And and remember Joseph's dream back yeah. all the way back when he was seventeen years old. You they know, they
0: were a lot of bowing. Yeah, and they continue to refer to themselves as servants to him, calling him Lord. They're bowing; their posture is showing that. And yes, that that dream came true, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it did. And, and, you know, um, kind of a head to heart here. And we, we talk about, we want to look at the text, but then we ask God, okay, so how do we apply this? And, and really, Joseph is acting with great wisdom and discernment. And he had his brothers and he's looking at them. Have they changed? Or are they going to treat Benjamin the same way they did Joseph? And I love, even as, I, as we were talking through this, I said, I love what Jesus taught his disciples that he's, he sent them out. As sheep in the midst of wolves, they were to be as wise as serpents and an innocent as doves at the same time. Um, this is a quality that one develops as they mature in Christ. Wisdom, and we find ourselves in troublesome and, and confusing times, we need God's wisdom in order to carefully navigate and resolve life's problems.
0: Yeah, and that's such a great insight there, Walt, um, that we do need wisdom. We need discernment as we walk through uh, life, as we deal with different relationships, different situations, and Joseph teaches that. He was being very careful, wasn't he? And it's interesting that Joseph invites the brothers to a feast, you know, I believe he, he wanted to be in a more private setting with them. You know, he didn't want to be in the grain market, you know, whatever. However that was set up and have their grain bags filled up and then they drive off with their donkeys, right? I guess you don't drive off with donkeys. No, you, no. Yeah, you're right. You ride, you you ride,
1: ride them off, ride off with
0: them. <laughs> but Anyway, he wanted a more private setting with them, and he was watching them very closely. I mean, to bring people in and seat them at tables, Joseph was at his table, the brothers were theirs, the Egyptians were eating at a separate table. He's watching. How are they treating Benjamin? You know, he remembered how they treated him. Yeah. You know, how they scorned him. So, you know, now the feast is over. They've had this conversation. Joseph has seen Benjamin. He has he has prayed even a blessing. He said, May God be gracious to you, my son, were were his interpreted words um, to his younger brother. And then what he called, um, dismissed those, and he called to him the steward of his house, and he gave him some instructions. So in Genesis 44, he says, "'Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest with his money for the grain.'" And the steward did as Joseph told him. As soon as morning was light, the men were sent away with their donkeys. They'd only gone a short distance from the city. And Joseph said to his steward, Up! Follow after the men when you overtake them, say to them, Why have you repaid evil for good? Is it not from this that my Lord drinks, and by this that he practices divination? You have done evil in doing this, these brothers. I mean, first of all, when you see someone trailing you and you you realize, you know, it's been a precarious situation already, they're terrified, right? They're, yeah. They're filled with great fear.
1: They're not going to be able to escape. I mean, the Egyptians with their chariots, now, they're, they're no match for that.
0: Yeah, and they turn and they, as this uh, steward of Joseph's accuses them, they... Far be it from us, we are your servants, we would not steal, we would not steal from our Lord. And they said Where if if the silver cup is found, which of course, you know, it wasn't gonna be found because they didn't steal it, no. right? And if it's found, then that man with the silver cup will stay in Egypt as a servant. And well the stewards took their words, what their words were, and he's played them back and he said, Yes. The man who has the silver cup will stay in Egypt as a servant, and the others will be innocent. The brothers lowered their sacks to the ground. Each man opened his sack, and the steward went through each sack from the eldest brother down to the youngest brother. You know, that cup was found in Benjamin's sack right where it had been planted, and the brothers tore their clothes they loaded their don- donkeys and they turned around and headed back to the city. How could this be happening to them? And I wonder, Walt, were they pierced with guilt for their actions from many years ago, what what were their thoughts as this was happening? And this is this is it—the very worst thing that could happen to these older brothers.
1: They they said they needed to take their youngest brother, and and um their dad said no. But if he stays there, I will die. And now, <laughs> and this silver cup is in Benjamin's sack. Well, as the story continues, um, Judah and his brothers come to Joseph's house. And and they filed before him on the ground again. <laughs> that repeatedly happens, and it was foretold in his dream as a young man. Joseph did, said that, and and then basically Judas starts to take up um just the case and plead a case before Joseph and said my lord please let your servant speak and then he says we went up to our dad and and um because you said have you a father or a brother and we said yeah we have a father and an old man and his younger brother the child of his old age and his brother is dead benjamin's full brother is dead and he alone is left of his mother's children and and with that, this story just keeps taking these these different turns, um. And and they say we we told our father we could not return to Egypt without our younger brother, and and my father said, okay, yeah, I know that my wife bore me two sons. One has left me, and I said, surely he has been torn to pieces, and I've never seen him since. If you take this one also from me, and harm happens to him, you will bring down my gray hairs. In evil to Sheol, um, and this pledge of surety that that he's his older brother is talking about. Um, please let your servant remain. Let me remain instead of the boy. Judas steps up and offers himself in the place of, of Benjamin, for fear that his father's deep sorrow of if his youngest son does not return home will, will lead to his death.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know Judas changed. As you know, as he steps forward here, Judah, remember, was the one who said, let's sell him to the Ishmaelite traders that are coming by. Let's pull him up out of the pit. Let's not, you know, let's not kill him. Let's sell him. And so over the past more than 20 years, 20, 21, years, Judah has changed. He's a different brother to Benjamin than he had been to Joseph many years ago. And Joseph knows that because we see what happens here in Genesis 45. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud. So the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am, Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life for the famine has been in the land for two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve. So it was not you who sent me here, but God, he's now he's stating this. He's re yeah. this, yeah, he is saying. Do not feel angry. Don't feel distressed. God had a plan. He had a purpose. His words point to the sovereignty of God. You did not send me to Egypt. God sent me here. You know, Charles Spurgeon has a great quote that we like. Well, when you go through a trial, the sovereignty of God is the pillow upon which you lay your head. Joseph tells his brothers, hurry, Go get your father, bring the whole family, your flocks, the herds, you will live in Goshen there, I will provide for you. There are five more years of the famine, hurry, bring my father down here. And then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And, and the
1: emotion of this scene, I mean, it's just flip-flop from fear and what's going to happen and will, will this kill my dad? And the emotion is, as Joseph reveals himself and the emotion as he, he's able to tug his, his brother. Um, all these things that ha- that have happened in his life. And, and with that, now, um, this idea that Israel says to Joseph, now let me die since I've seen your face and know that you're still alive. The, the emotion. um And after Jacob died and his family carried his bones to Canaan, the brothers sent a servant to speak to Joseph. What revenge he might take now that their father has died. And we'll close with this because I love this statement. i um, the brothers um, are seeing Joseph and knowing that his dad is now dead, what, what will they do? What will Joseph do to them? And Joseph says this in chapter fifty, verse twenty. Joseph said, Don't do not fear for am I in the in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me. And that's true. But God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God has a plan, and it's a good plan. It's a hard plan, hmm. but it's a good plan. Right. And and that, that perspective that Joseph had, you know, he was focused on the sovereignty of God, not on the misdeeds of his brothers. And because of this, he was able to comfort and speak kindly to them and not harm them.
0: And these are such par- powerful words. I mean, well, just... I feel like we could sit and and just break this down so much more, but God meant it for good. Joseph had some very difficult days, weeks, months, struggles for many years, and yet he continued to trust in God. These words from another man who walked with God, King David, in Psalm 9, verse 10, And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. The life journey of Joseph gives us hope, strength, and encouragement to put our trust in the Lord. He will not forsake you. Seek him, continue to trust him, and until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.